Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh my goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm hyped in fuck! Jimmy G Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! In the Hustle and Flow studios for episode 42 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. I am your humble host, Mark Shanowski, joined as always by the star of the show, Stacey King. Stinger is here along with Southside Susan and Timmy Whispers back from Nashville and Las Vegas and parts unknown. You know, we're trying to get him to show up on time for the show. He's trying, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. you see a guy awkwardly trying to lean into Susie's shot. But I, I can move. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, the only no, thing he's going to do is say over. something that's going to offend everybody anyway. So, uh, <laughs> oh. you, got, you got some good ones from Life on the Road, uh, Whispers? I'm going to come up with something. Yeah, I'm sure he will. He's, well, off, he's hey, off mic already. I'll tell, so, you, know. I tell you right now, I walked in the office, and the first thing I thought I was at Red Lobster. And then I see, because Larry the Lobster's back. He was as red as a lobster, America. I, want every, I hope everybody can see Timmy Whispers, because he loves the sun. I don't know what he does out there. Out you know what's going to happen? He's going to sit down in his microphone while yeah, exactly. That's what almost always okay. happens. But I, I guarantee you. Testing, one, two, three. Timmy, Testing, there? one, two, three. Oh, yes. wow, he's on mic. But there's you, no blemishes. You can put the headset uh, on. His skin is like porcelain. There's no yeah. blemishes. Yeah, no, he, right? he, yeah, he's not Look dried up like a raisin. Isn't it? He's got good skin. We, yeah, we got to get you on uh, the YouTube feed. You know, it doesn't oh, work. God, this, this is guy here, man. He comes in late to class This is a every stream, time. you know. You actually, we need to see it, Tim. <laughs> Guy overslept. God, <laughs> come on, man. Dog ate his homework. Yeah, you know, man, it's oh like, my God. You got all the excuses really, in the world. Every excuse. We should start after five. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we already started whispers, you know, oh my if you God. know what I mean. It is happy hour in the Hustle and Flow studio, even though it's a, uh, what day is today? Monday? Yeah, it's Monday. Yeah. We're Monday. recording on Monday, August 16th. It's my son's birthday, Eric. Happy oh, birthday, Oh, happy Eric. birthday, Eric. His 29th birthday. And John Walsh's birthday. Is this week the right. 19th? Hey, happy birthday in yeah. advance. My, yes. uh, my neighbor, Tim, gave me the card. You, oh. stole, you stole that? <laughs> he gave it to him, Stacy. You can't be giving me cards. Because, I think that yeah. picture is actually of Tim. I think it is. It looks just like Tim when he was younger. Who, who's that card of? Before, his name is uh, Friend, and it's uh, Owen oh, Friend nice is his guy. name. What's it worth? I haven't checked it out yet, but speaking of which... Yeah, I know, the, the Honus Wagner card, yeah. We'll get oh, to that yes, later, yes, $6.6 yes. million, dollars, a T206 card. Okay, we just got to it now. Yeah, okay, well, I'm just, you know... We crossed that off yeah, the rundown. And, uh, my, good friend, my good friend Mark Zagoro is here, and he had Mark! an opportunity to go in the bin last night. No way. No. You, he let you see the bin? Yes. The, I, the infamous bin? Yeah, we went down, and it was, uh, it was phenomenal. <laughs> it was the whole thing. We did not oil up. We did not put Is there, like, weird mood lighting and no, everything? And, hey. like, and play a, a recording of an open? No, but do you remember um, um, in Indiana Jones when they opened the art? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The glow just came out. <laughs> I just reached in, and I pulled out one pack. No, not one pack, one stack. And everyone was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Did he show well, you the Ted Williams card he stole from his neighbor? 
That's in a special spot. Well, special Mark, spot. I'm just surprised that he didn't try to take you down with a single leg and put oil on you and then make you wear one of those singlets that he normally wears when he goes down there. So thank goodness that he allowed you to walk down there in your clothes Way that you came believe, in. King. You hear huh? what he said? All Hall of Famers. Oh, just a, he just a God. random pack of cards. Yeah, but are there yeah. crushed edges with it? You know, not mint condition? They're stuck you know? to the gum. Well, no, I think most of them were, were pretty good. Pretty they, mint, they, yeah. They, 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 some of them were worked up. He didn't have in his bicycle spokes when he was a kid or whatever. No, no, no. You know, you know, you, you know, America. You know, we've been hearing about this tub for the longest since November. It's been a while. You know, the the Give Me the Hot Sauce crew never gets invited to go see the tub. We just, hey, Susan, I'm talking. Okay, okay. Anyway, before I was rudely interrupted by Southside Susan over there, who's going to come to, to to her man's defense, because we knew it was coming. Anytime you say anything about the stinger, here comes Southside, like a true Southside woman. She's not going to leave her man, America. That's the kind of woman you want to marry. Men, marry a woman like Southside. Okay? Don't worry. Don't marry a woman like Northside, because you might not stay with her. Okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, America. I'm just saying. Okay? But anyway, I would like to be inv invited to the Walsh estate. Uh, here we go again. Yeah, here we That's go. That's all I want. That's all I want. A, fr a formal invitation. Stacey, they had a get-together yesterday. We were invited. Yes. No, 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 Mark. They, I they, made ribs they, Mark, Mark, listen. First of all, Tim didn't bring the ribs, so he he wasn't coming. <laughs> Second of all, like they invited you formally. They said, Mark, come out and sit out and uh -huh. have a beer and just yeah. drink and have a good time. I, and I appreciated that. And then, you know, and, they, and you appreciated it. Yeah. Okay. They came to me and they said, Stace, we're having a get-together. We so. like you to serve hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> like you serve shrimp, cocktails, and the beer. No, and, no. and and then when you're when then when you do all that, no one wants any more shrimp or beer. Yeah. You can sit down. I'm like, wow. Okay. We, that sounds like a lot of fun, Southside Susan. That's <laughs> we, we actually Facetime him from the party. He did. He did. He did. Yeah. He, did. he looked like he. It was like eleven o'clock at night. And he's in his office <laughs> with his jersey. Because I'm hey. Because I, I never stopped working. I never stopped working. I'm constantly working. It's all about the show, John. It's all about the show, John. It's give me the hot sauces. We never stop working. Yeah. We're like, what is it? Is it? Is it Dunkin' Donuts? America runs on Dunkin'. Well, America runs on. Give me the hot sauce. It was now. midnight oil, and I think we should get right. Speaking of oil. Speaking of oil. As John lathers himself as he's getting ready to start talking. <laughs> hey, John, you'll appreciate this. Yesterday on the uh, oh, ABC 7 top rated 10 o'clock news, the story before sports was about wiffle ball. It was oh. a wiffle ball competition, and they showed they showed this you know bad picture, not really having a lot of movement on this stuff. And, and uh, the news anchor read it, and she just read the copy just the way it was prepared for by one of the writers. And she was talking about, you know, the... Wiffle ball is a lot like baseball, except with the, the, the holes in the ball. It, it can spin at odd angles. It's kind of like circus baseball. And I'm like, circus. what? Circus <laughs> baseball? Yeah. So then oh, they, you know, then they throw it to me. You ever play wiffle ball? I wanted to drop your name, but I didn't know you if it would have. work with such a large audience. Uh, yeah, you should have. I produce Cubs, ABC. Yes, they know me. They know John your Walsh. Your guy, Larry, knows me. I work the for The name guys. John Walsh rings in Chicago. And, and he was offering $100 oh, to anybody who could get a hit off of him at Salute. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm, I, only a few of us got hits. I, I, I did get hit uh, out west. The uh, drone guy challenged me. Uh-huh. And he had his <laughs> wiffle ball in the in his van, and I said, "Is that a wiffle ball in a bat?" Oh wow! So I I did I did. Is that a wiffle ball? You just happened to see <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, you happened to see me. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> that was my life. He did, <laughs> he did go awful on me. Woo! Oh my god! Into this for me. The show's starting off Great yeah, America yeah. Yeah, Monday. Good. We're on a roll. I we're can't wait for our <laughs> All oh, these sponsors are gonna line oh, up. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Oh, so man. now we gotta talk about sports, right? Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, we got yeah. big news in Chicago that we hit big last. News. Big news. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Last time we came to you was about all the free agent news with the Chicago Bulls and. You know, now they met the media for the first time, and you can see, Stacy, that there's there's this respect, this camaraderie already between Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. It's like a mutual admiration society. Listen, America, Chicago, <laughs> I'm super excited about this team. I, I, I listen. I wish the season started when we got all these people last week, yeah. whenever it was. Won't be long. I'm, I'm so excited because this, to me, I haven't been this excited since we got Derrick Rose. 
in the draft at number one because there was no re- there was no world no reason in the world we should should have got Derrick Rose right. <laughs> with the odds yeah. and we did so I was super excited. This I'm telling you this is this has put the Bulls right in the mix now. You know they go from from being a team on the outside looking in, not enough talent to get to, you know scraping to get to the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth spot. This solidifies them on paper only, on paper. So you still got to play the games. Top five team in the Eastern Conference with the possibility of moving up depending on what Philadelphia does with Ben Simmons. If if Philadelphia moves away from Ben Simmons, the Bulls could leapfrog leapfrog that team. So. I'm excited. I'm super excited. This is, I think, everybody in Chicago. When when was the last time, and I'm being honest, I mean, when was the last time the Bulls conversation went this deep into the summer? You got the White Sox playing well. The Justin Cubs, Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields. You got the Cubs with a fire sale. The dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> Everything must go. Everything must go. So so when when was the last time, other than when... 2012 with yeah, Derrick Rose. Yeah, I mean... There has not been this much excitement, and mm-hmm. and it's fun to it's fun to look on Twitter, social media. It's fun to listen to. Um, the fans are excited every time I walk outside. We're going to the playoffs. Give me the hot sauce. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we should mention coming up in our next segment, we're going to be joined by Nick Friedel, a longtime Nick. Bulls reporter for ESPN 1000, and we're going to give Nick a hard time. You know, he appeared on the Jump with Rachel Nichols, and he said the Bulls are going to finish 12th in the East with a new team. Yeah. With everybody we got now. Yeah. So we got to talk to Nick. Puff, puff, pass, Nick Friedel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're smoking. I don't know what you're smoking in San Francisco. But yeah, I'm definitely going to get that. We got to talk some sense in Twelfth? Twelfth. That's worse than we did last year. What? What? (laughs) Oh, slick Nick. You know, some Bulls fans were a little concerned about the amount of money that they gave to DeMar DeRozan three years, about $82 And I always think... It's not your money. Why are you worried about it? You know? <laughs> Let me just say this. The Bulls understand, this new front office understands what it takes. Okay? I've always said from day one, when AK and Mark came in, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. They had a plan, and they have stuck to it. Mm-hmm. They went out last year. In, you know, People were talking about, oh, why would we give up a first-round pick for Vucevic? Because he's an all-star. Right. And we know that. A bird in the hand beats two in the bush. You don't know what a first-round pick is going to be unless you got the top three or four players in the draft. Other than that, you just don't know. So you do got a proven commodity, 2010 guy rolling out of bed, pairing him with Zach Levine, two all-stars. Get Lonzo Ball. now. Pass De- first point guard. Yes. Yeah. Now DeMar DeRozan says, whoa, look what they're doing in Chicago. Right. I want to play there. Because he was supposed to go to Clippers. Yeah. He wanted to play in Los Angeles. That's where he's from. So yeah. he wanted to play the Clippers. Clippers supposedly was on their way to his house to get him. And then, you know, AK went and slid on the floor like, you know, Tom Cruise and Risky Business <laughs> slid right in and got him and took him yeah. right on out. And you might so, as well turn a yeah, car around. Turn, You're not getting uh, him. You might as well just <laughs> turn around, buddy. You're not going to get him. Yeah. And that's what happened. And then, so now the Bulls are showing other free agents. Because this goes beyond just this year. You know, this this contract these guys are on, this goes on for the next 10 years now because people are saying, well, I like what they're doing in Chicago. Chicago is a desirable city. See, people before thought, oh, nobody wants to come to Chicago because mm-hmm. it's cold. No, they didn't want to come to Chicago because it wasn't a winning team. They weren't interested in rebuilding. Now you're past the rebuilding stage. You have something solid that these guys can look at. And if they're winning 50 games a year and getting deep in the playoffs, who knows? Who else wants to come here in, in, in a few years? And the last starter, who we didn't mention yet, Patrick Williams, really shining in Ooh. Summer League, being more aggressive at a 30-point game. And I think that's the only critique that we had of his game. Need to be more aggressive, take the open shot when you got it. And I think the coaching staff said, let's work on this in the summer. They shut him down after three games. But he shows some signs that he, he's going to be a nice fit. He's going to move over to that power forward spot, 6'8", 6'9", 220. He can handle himself there. Well, the interesting thing is going to be out of him because – when you talked about, we talked about him shooting more and being more aggressive. You know, the team that he was on last year, that was the time he needed to do that. Right, now he's <laughs> got to do that. Now stuff, he's yeah. going to have to figure out a way to exist with these other players. Run the court. Yes, yeah. run the court, get rebounds, you know, set up the offense off the glass, take it at 94 feet, hitting open shots when he has it, take the post-ups when he has it. See, if you brought back that same roster that they had last year, 
Now you want him to go and be more aggressive scoring-wise and get his points up. Now with this team that they're bringing in, he has to blend his talents in with these guys that they have on that roster. You have all-stars on that roster now, and he's a budding star. And I still think he can shine doing a lot of things he was doing last year. Still be a defensive stopper, use his athleticism, running the court, because you got a point guard now that's going to push the ball up the floor. You're going to have wings getting out and run. You're going to be seeing Lob City guys going to be catching lobs left and right. And if you play with Lonzo Ball, you want to run. You want to get out and run because he's a pass-first point guard. He's not a guy that's looking for his own offense. He's looking to get everybody easy baskets. Well, I know you work in 24-7, so I'm sure you saw the Bulls Summer League game on Sunday night with uh, Io, yes. 26 points. Yes. You know, with Patrick Williams out, oh! they put the ball in his hands. He was attacking the rim. He was doing some nice things. And he may not get a lot of minutes as a rookie, but he's a guy that can really help long term. Let me, let me just say this, Chicago. That kid can play. <laughs> He's okay. from Chicago. He's, he, let me tell you something. This kid was a first-round talent that slipped to the second round. Yeah. Okay, so, and the Bulls hit a home run with that pick. To be able to get, the was it, 38th pick? Or yeah, 30, 38. 38th yeah. pick. To, to not have a first-round pick and get first-round talent, you got to slap yourself on the back and say, great job. Because that kid really shouldn't have been there. So now you get him. He's got great size. And that's, that's what I like about this team is that the versatility that they're going to have at all the positions now. You, you, you're trotting out a six-foot-six-point guard. When, when was the last time we saw a six-foot-six-point guard in Chicago? You know, yeah. other than Ron Harper, you know, uh, you know, that kind of guard. Now you got a guy that can play both ends. You got DeRozan, who's about six-seven. You know, Zach's six-foot-six. So your key positions, your athletic positions are really tall athletic guys and then you throw in Patrick Williams at 6'9 adds a whole different dimension you can switch defensively so many now this is where the switching really is prevalent with this team because you have the same size guys right. in the same positions they all can switch defensively and you should never be you know mismatched at any time and then you've got Alex Caruso, Kobe Woo! White, Troy Brown Jr. Uh, coming off the bench. You've got some guys who can play some defense. Uh, it's not just scores coming off the bench. Caruso was a, was a, was a steal. Yeah. I mean, if you look between the numbers and if you're an analytics guy, his numbers defensively jump off the paper, okay? Don't get caught up in all the, yeah, he can dunk and he's athletic, you know. Uh, it looks like, you know, it looks like you know, he's 40 years old. Elmer Fudd yeah, with the headman. Uh, yeah, hey, come on now. <laughs> come on, Mark. You know, don't yeah, you can't yeah, be talking about my guy like that. He's here. Yeah, he can get to you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the other guys can't yet. get to you, but he can get to you. <laughs> you remember you called me Elmer Fudd? Okay. Okay. So so remember that. He can get to you. But you, you have this kid. He's, he's got good size as well. He can play, you know, uh, one, two, or three. He can shoot the basketball. He's a very good three-point shooter. and But his calling card is defense. A lot of people get caught up in his athleticism. But at the end of the day, when you watch him play, he's he's an, a really a ball hawk. He likes to get up in people's chest. He likes to get steals, play in the passing lane, get out in transition, get up to the rim, dunk it, you know, shoot the three. That's a great pickup. So you look at the Bulls' whole roster, it's just been overhauled. It's a completely mm -hmm. different roster. And Denzel Valentine's not there anymore. Uh, Felicio. Felicio. Felicio's um, car didn't work to get back into the, <laughs> the birth of sin, didn't get back in the, in the Advocate Center. Access denied. Yeah. Was, ah! You know, so they got a whole different roster. And yeah. I still, and there's, listen, uh, what's the kid's name that's playing on Summer League that's jumping really, really high? Uh, is it Baxter? Baxter, yeah. Keep him. Keep, <laughs> I'm telling you, keep that kid. That that kid reminds me of the guy that was in Miami, the dunk contest winner that had to work his yeah, way Derek up. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. It, you see very, the dunk he threw it off the wall and yeah. Very similar athlete. Yeah. And if you if you look what look what you know Derek did, he had to work his way into being the player that he is, and then he parlayed that into playing time, and then boom, got a contract. You can't. These kids are just don't find on the streets. You know, got long, athletic. Um, when he's played, he's played well. You know, it's a guy that I would say would be a candidate for a two-way two-way mm -hmm. player and someone you could develop long-term um, for future. I like him. And they brought your guy, Javante Green, back. He signed yes. his qualifying offer. One of my favorites. <laughs> One of my favorites, baby. I, I thought he earned the right to be on his team yeah, last year. Yeah, said that last I year. I mean, yeah. here, here's a, he's another kid that's a hard nose. He played on a very good team in Boston. He knows how to play. He's been he's been very well coached with Brad Stevens, so he understands the things that you need to be a good player. Uh, he, he comes in with athlete, uh, athleticism. He can play either guard spot. 
He's tough. He's hard-nosed. Kind of like a Marcus Smart type player. He could right. be that Marcus Smart player for us. And the rumor that's making the rounds on Monday is that the Bulls may be interested in pursuing a sign-and-trade for Lowry Markkinen with the Dallas Mavericks, with their target being Maxi Kleber, who is a nice player for the Mavericks, a good athlete, can shoot the three a little bit. Well, you're kind of getting the same player, basically. Yeah, but I mean, you've got to get that back. You need that I mean, back I'm just being honest, that. America. Yeah. You know, this show, I'm honest. Okay? But Lowry yeah. wants out. Yeah. I mean, he wants yeah. a fresh start. You know what? I mean, it's sad, too, because, like, I, I thought Lowry would be really nice with this team. Yeah, he, would, yeah. he, he would have to come off the bench, you know, but I, I thought he'd be a great piece to play with these guys, you know. And, you know, so I think later on down the line, when you look at your career, you know, and you had an opportunity to be on something special and mm -hmm. win. And then, you know, what if it doesn't happen somewhere else? You know, what if you go to Dallas? Because that, that's where he wants to go. Let's just be honest. Right. I mean, <clears throat> that's where he wants to go. Play with Luca you know, and, Luca Porzingis. and Porzingis. But, I mean, Porzingis is not happy. No. Porzingis is not happy. They might Porzingis, move him if they get Porzingis, Lowry. Porzingis is, is, in his mind, he's the number one guy. Yeah. Luca is is a top three player in the NBA <laughs> in the world. He got paid like okay? it too. And he, he's, he's, I mean, seriously, he's the man on that team. He yeah. makes that team go. Yeah. You take Luca off that team, that team barely wins 20 games with Porzingis as the main guy. Right. Okay. Now you're bringing Lowry on there. Lowry here, you know, you got opportunities here to be the man. You had, you had your time. You had, you could shoot anytime you want to. That's not going to happen in Dallas. So you got to be careful what you want because it's not all the, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Well, we got our man, uh, Nick Friedel waiting in the Sriracha green room. Oh, and uh, we're going to see what he's smoking, Nick. you know, with that oh. prediction of what the bulls are going to do next season. Nick, Nick. Friedel is on deck and uh, we got some, we got some speaks with him as uh, yeah, great Steve McMichael would talk say. To him. Sriracha. Sriracha. We are back on episode 42 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We didn't run through our normal thing where we talked about great numbers, but when you think of 42, the one guy that really stands out, Jackie Robinson, broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. His number retired across the major leagues, always a day honoring Jackie in April. Mariano Rivera, yes. just entered the Hall of Fame, the greatest closer of all time. Guy I always think about is uh, from my youth, Paul Warfield. He played Paul for the Cleveland Warfield. Browns and the Miami Dolphins when they had the perfect season. One of the greatest receivers of all time. And one of the greatest reporters, beat reporters of all time. Nick Friedel is our special guest on episode 42 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Joining us from the Bay Area. Nick, thanks for jumping on. And uh, it's been an interesting offseason already. A lot of moves being made around the NBA. How much has this altered the landscape in terms of uh, the power structure in the NBA? A fair amount, Mark, but I think the key is for all these teams, they're all trying to figure out what happens, especially in the West seeding line. Because I think up at the top of the East, you've got Milwaukee who just won it. Brooklyn, if they stay healthy, they feel like they're going to win it. The Bulls. And then you've. Oh, <laughs> we're, going in early. we're going in early. He snuck it in. He snuck it in. Oh no, the Bulls. Oh, I mean, Mark, let's just, let's just go into it right now. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's just yeah I mean, clarify that because we killed you in the last segment when uh, we saw the thing on Twitter where Nick Friedel predicted the Bulls would finish twelfth in the East, and we're like, "What are you smoking?" You know, yes. what I mean. Clarify puff, that for because you've got you've got a lot of friends in Chicago, and and we don't want to hang out to dry like that. No, no, this is another example of not everybody. Damn media. Actually, actually clicking on the link and watching. Right. Read the story or we'll I, watch the show. Yeah. I, that's right. I go on the jump and they're asking me, do I think the Bulls have improved? And I say, yeah, I do think the Bulls have improved. I think uh, they've gotten a little bit better. But I, my whole point was I've covered Jerry and Mike Reinsdorf for years and years, and it surprises me that they would okay all these moves because while I do think they've gotten better, I don't think they've gotten that much better. And that, certainly they're not, in my opinion, a title contender. And then my colleague and my buddy, Tim Bontemps, he's next to me. He goes, well, I don't know what the hell the Bulls are doing. The Bulls could finish up like the 11th or 12th seed. And so somebody takes the picture. <laughs> Friedel predicts. And, 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 that's right. And George Sedano is like, Friedel. Friedel and his buddies say the Bulls are the 12th seed next year. And I'm like, the 12th seed? I mean, I don't think it's that grim. 
But guys, I look at all those moves, and I do think they they've improved. But I mean, defensively, yikes! And I know they were 11th last year in efficiency. And Billy Donovan is a hell of a coach, so I think they're they can they can get there a, a little bit more. But man, oh man, I mean the the fervor inside Chicago, we all know very well. But I was I was surprised how much backlash because <laughs> I was like, damn! I mean, do people really want just uh, some semblance of a winner that badly? Because I think they're a fringe playoff team, but I I don't think it's much more than that. Nick, I'm strongly disagreeing with you. You my boy, but I'm strongly disagreeing with you. When you just you just ended that last statement with their fringe playoff yeah, team. Yeah, I did. Are you, we were a fringe playoff team last year with Felicio. And you're going to tell me and, and Denzel Valentine and all these other guys, we have upgraded the roster tremendously at every position, especially in the starting five. And I think, listen, I will agree with you on one thing. They have to be committed to the defensive side of the ball if they want to really want to make the strides that they should be able to make because we know they're going to be able to score with anybody. But can they stop teams on a nightly basis? And I think that's where people on the outside that are not in Chicago look at and go, well, who are they going to stop? They're not, a, you know, Zach wasn't a good defensive player, never has been. Uh, you know, we don't, the, the jury's still out on Lonzo. Is he really a defensive stopper. Um, so I, I can see the outside people saying that, but I think if they if they really, if Billy Donovan can get them to commit to playing defense on a nightly basis, I, friends playoff is really harsh. <laughs> it's harsh. <laughs> Come right, on, right, man. Stace, Stace, you know I love you, so let's go through the, <laughs> let's go through the heat. <laughs> let's, let's walk through the East okay. right now. And assuming health, and, you know, we, we all know better than anybody what can happen when one injury Come down, comes down the wrong way. But Milwaukee, Brooklyn, they are much better than where the Bulls are at. Miami, I think, is significantly better than where the Bulls are. Then you've got the Knicks with Tibbs. Atlanta had a hell of a nice run. They figure to be back in there somewhere. We haven't mentioned Philly yet. That's a team that was at the top of the East all season long. So right there, that's it. Okay. That's six right there. Okay, so, so I agree with you. After that, like, we're talking about, like, in a best case, this, and this is my whole point. Like, I'm not saying don't improve because, hey, good for Mike and Jerry. They're, they're spending the cash. That's clear. And and Karnasovic and Eversley, I, that is a, a distinct shift change, especially given away all those draft picks. I mean, car packs, not in a million years would they have given up all those picks for all these guys, especially – and we can get into it, guys, but the DeRozan deal. I mean, I like DeRozan, but giving up all that and then giving him thirty million. Ugh. But when you when but you so, look when you look at the East, though, Nick, and I, and here's what I do agree with you as far as Milwaukee and Brooklyn, and I would even throw Philadelphia, depending on what they do with Simmons. Atlanta's as, nice as, too. Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on Atlanta because I, I'm not because Atlanta was a crappy team in the first half season and they switched coach and they all of a sudden they turn and, and they want so I, I I don't know consistently they're gonna play the way they did in the second half, even with Nate McMillan as a coach. So but I'm saying your three top teams, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, those are those are givens. After that, I don't know if New York is gonna be as good as they were this year. They surprised a lot of people and a lot of it was Tibbs and Julius Randle. But Julius Randle was was pretty much figured out in the playoffs. And you know, Nick, you've been around this game a long time. Once someone figures out your strengths and weaknesses, they carry it over to the next year. That's what happened to Giannis his first few times in the playoffs. Everybody started, they figured out like, hey, keep him out the paint, make him shoot. That's the way to beat him. And then he started working on his outside game, started hitting some free throws here and there, and now he he's a champion. So Atlanta, New York, I don't. I'm not sold on those teams being like top teams. What I'm about, not sold what, on them. What about Stinger Celtics? You haven't weighed in yes, on, on Boston. Uh, Stinger, no, I mean, yeah, Celtics they and picked Miami. Up Dennis Schroeder for nothing. A bag of chips. Miami, Miami. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you got Jimmy and you got Bam and you know you got you know is it Oladipo? Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's there. You got Lowry. But you. But here's you got the thing. PJ Tucker. Here's the thing with Miami. Is there's so many personalities on that team, and you know Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler wants the ball in his hands all the time. 
You got a true point guard now in Kyle Lowry who wants the ball in his hands too. How does that dynamic work? It's been able to work in Miami so far because Dragic had no problem, you know, taking off and being off the ball. But you think Kyle Lowry is going to be one to do that? Nope. It could get stays now. Let's all right. Let's take Miami because we all know Jimmy pretty well. The thing that I think saves them here is. He has got a long-time relationship, at least in the last few years, it's grown a lot stronger with Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. So Lowry knows exactly what he's walking into, and Jimmy knows exactly the type of player that Kyle can be. And I think at this stage, having won in Toronto the way he did and now trying to get back to that level, everybody's got to buy into it. But, you know, even if and, – and I wholeheartedly believe the Knicks – are going to be at least better than the Bulls. I mean, in this argument, like the Knicks may fall off a little bit, but I you just you love guys, Tibbs. Come oh. on now. <laughs> hey, I love Tibbs. I love Tibbs, but I'll give you this anecdotal evidence, and I think it's important because I was talking to Taj for a story I put together a couple months ago, and it was how the Knicks have kind of bought in, and certainly and specifically Julius Randle has bought into the Tibbs way, and we saw it with guys like Luol and Joakim and Derek early on in their tenure. And Taj's uh, story to me was he's like, look, I'm sitting in this film room every day and I'm looking around and it feels like deja vu. And, and every time I see these guys, it feels like I'm looking back at the beginning of the Tibbs tenure in Chicago. And guys, we know all the ups and downs. We know what happened to Derek. It's not worth going through all that. But I think we'd all agree that especially in those first few years, everybody was on the same page and they knew exactly what to do. They completely bought into what Tom was selling. So uh, I am banking on having listened to Taj and having watched them play that they're going to be better together, especially defensively, than they were a season ago. And Stace, I'm I'm with you. Look, they, they snuck up on a lot of people, especially in a weird pandemic year. There weren't a lot of fans in the beginning. But I think the Knicks have at least helped their problems in the playoffs because you've got guys that can create. You have Kemba, who wants to prove that he can still play at a really high level, playing at the Garden. And you've got Fournier, which that contract was gigantic. But Fournier can create his own shot, and he can get off the dribble a little bit. So you now have two guys who can help in the postseason because in that series against Atlanta, it was like, all right, Randall, well, you're not scoring. And then Derek could, but – uh, he got a little tired at the end of that series. So all that being said, my whole point with the Bulls is the issue to me is in a best case, you've now traded all your picks uh, and you've made all these deals at least for the next three years or so. In a best case, what is this team? What is the ceiling? Maybe the second round? Maybe if everything uh, comes to be? I, I just I, – I was a little <clears throat> surprised – at, at how all in they went, especially when they made that DeRozan move, because I like DeMar a lot, but DeMar at that point uh, and dealing away what you did to make that happen, that had me scratching my head a little bit. But Nick, you covered guard packs, you know, for over a decade and their strategy was try to carve out cap space and hope somebody will take your money in free agency. Hope you'll get lucky in the lottery. They happened once with Derrick Rose and they constantly went after these big name free agents and they never got him. And now you got a guy like DeMar DeRozan who was sought after, maybe not at elite dollars by the two Los Angeles teams, but they both would have brought him home. There were other good teams looking at him, including Miami. And he said, I know Mark Eversley. I have a personal relationship with him from back in Toronto. And they got the guy they wanted. I think that speaks volumes to Bulls fans that you've got a proactive front office that said, to hell with the draft picks, to hell with good luck, and maybe we'll fall into something. They went out and said, we're going to get better right away. And I think for the fan base, that is a welcome breath of fresh air. Mark, you're absolutely right. And we sat there and watched it for all those years. They, They identify a guy they wanted, and they got him. And you know what my argument back would be? Well, they got DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> I mean, they got DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan averaged 21 and a half points and seven assists last year. He was, he was the, the point forward for the Spurs. I mean, he's going to fit nicely in that offense. I think he will, but this is not a, a championship caliber piece that's going to uh, take your team to a, a different point. And that would be what I would say all along. There's a reason why uh, Toronto was moving off him. I mean, the reality is when, when they got to the postseason, 
Damar's game changed a little bit, and he wasn't the same kind of player. And I know he had a good year in San Antonio, but guys, you take a deeper look into those defensive numbers. Huh. Like we think Zach Levine, while he has improved defensively, uh, is getting a little bit better. Look at DeMar's numbers. Yikes. Like they are not good at all. So, hey, that's gold medalist I'm, Zach Levine, Nick. Um, I, careful. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, soon to be Max Steele, Zach Levine. More power to him. But, but damn, I mean, you know, this is this is what gets me. Because I, 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 I mean, I have so many friends uh, in the organization still and, and outside in Chicago, and they are pumped up, as they should be, because – there is a reason to hope. But when you start looking at the numbers and looking at the money that's coming Zach's way, this team, like, I, I just, I, I, I'm hoping for the best uh, because uh, I want people to be happy. But guys, <laughs> I, I do that's not Nick's advice for the it. day, everyone. Be happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I, I don't see it. And, and I hope that we're all sitting there a year from right now, and we're sitting at Joe's or something in Chicago. And no, we'll be in Grant Park next year. Nick, Nick, I listen, Nick. I, I'm still, I'm still on the on the Bulls and, and the Nick thing. Okay, I, 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 the Bulls are gonna be better than Nick's. I'm sorry, they are. Oh, and we'll we have to oh bet. We're gonna I bet. You, I'll bet you dinner. I'll bet you dinner anywhere, right, wherever you want. Wherever you want. Y'all heard it now, America. Yeah, we got you hear this. The Bulls will be better than the Knicks this year. Okay, now my other point. Looking on that too. My, my other point right now with you, Nick. Here it is. Okay, because you you like that. You like that. Uh, you know that person that comes in. You like the Grim Reaper. You just come in. You know we know we got to go at some point. We just don't know when. And then all of a sudden you just show up. It's like oh, it's time it's to today, go. Yeah. It's today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what you've been like on this show. But I love you like a brother. But I'm, I'm going to say this, okay? The Bulls and what they're doing, they are, sh- they are first of all, they're changing their, their whole look to the outside world, okay? They're showing people, they're showing teams, they're showing the fan base that we are going to, we want to win. And we want to win now. And because you know, Nick, the reputation of this organization has been horrible. I mean, from outside players, guys talking, you know, whether it been guys that played here before saying, don't come here, don't come here, don't do this, don't do that. That's been the reputation of the Bulls. And now you've got a front office that people are looking, players are looking and say, man, they're trying to do something in Chicago. They're trying to build something for the future. Now, when you start talking about DeMar DeRozan at that three-year price, listen, it wasn't expensive. Yes, it was. Okay. But on the same token, they still got Zach Levine, who's very young in his 20s. You've got a young point guard in, in Lonzo Ball, who's like 23 years old. Kobe White. You got Patrick Williams. The key pieces of the future are still babies, basically. And you bring in a veteran like a DeMar DeRozan who can play multiple positions. Uh, Vucevic, who's an all-star caliber center. Um, the pieces are there for them to win now. Is it a championship caliber team? No, no. I, 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 I'm not saying that it can't be, but on paper, they still are missing some pieces to make that championship jump, okay? But at the same time, when you look at the Eastern Conference, nobody scares you other than the three people that we named, the three teams we named earlier. Because Brooklyn, if Brooklyn is healthy, Nick, would you agree if, if Kyrie Irving doesn't have a hurt ankle, they beat Milwaukee in that series? Without James Harden and his hamstring. Yeah. Because if it you had, like yes, sure. yes, they would have won that series. And you throw Harden healthy this year because you you got to believe Harden's going to come back, be in the best shape of his career after what happened last year. They're the team, in my opinion, and not to discredit Milwaukee because they earned their championship. But Brooklyn is the team to beat in the Eastern Conference when healthy. And so, yeah. so those three teams, you know, are like they're givens. But everybody else, I'm not sold on Atlanta. Atlanta was one of the worst teams the first half of the season. It was almost like they won the lottery when they fired their coach and then put Nate McMillan there, and it's all of a sudden they turned him around and he got him to play defense. Now you got to wonder, both them in New York, who are, have some young players, are they going to have that that um, leftover you know, excitement from last year where they come in, they didn't work out hard in the summertime because they felt like they made it? Because that's what you have with young teams. When they have a great season like those two teams mm-hmm. did last year, the kids don't work out as hard. They don't have the same mentality. They don't know how to, to sustain that type of growth 
And that's what I've, I, until I see it, I'm not sold on those teams. And Stace, I, I'm, I'm with you to a point, but I, I think this is where you and I just have a philosophical disagreement because in my mind, I'm looking at the move the Bulls made, especially after that DeRozan move. And I went, oh man, they have gone all, all the way in, dealt all these picks. And I think you and I both agree that the, it's not a championship contender. And that's where I, I have an issue, especially with that last move. I mean, Alonzo move, Caruso, uh, you know, okay. Like, uh, you, you're getting a, a point guard in here. The Vucevic deal, I, that was a hell of a lot to give up. But, you know, okay. And then, and then okay, we're going to throw DeMar DeRozan in here for $30 million a pop. And we're going to give up these picks? I mean, you... This, this is a team now that has no picks. Like, that's that's my point. You've gone all in for a team that, again, we, we can go back and forth on Atlanta. We can go back and forth on New York. But in a best case, they're the four or five seed. <laughs> so, like, but you got to start I, somewhere, Nick. It beats I, I being on the outside what looking else, in. What else can you do? This is I think this is where, I, this is where I'm struggling with uh, the moves. You've made these moves now. And and let's say, for argument's sake, that the moves go better than I think they will. And Billy Donovan is a hell of a coach, and he makes it work. And DeMar DeRozan has an all-star caliber year. And Zach takes another step, and it fits with Vucevic. And the defense isn't as bad as we think. Okay. Well, so now what do you do moving forward? Because your cap space is going to be completely gone, and we still don't know whether Jerry and Mike want to go all the way into the luxury tax. Once Zach comes to them and says, hey, I want my max deal. This is the team. So essentially what you're, I guess, banking on is the, the young core to grow together, and certainly, and we mentioned him several times, and, and he's a huge part of their future, is Pat Williams really developing to a, another level. But I, I guess all my hesitation is in you have solid young players, but to me, I don't think there's a, a superstar in any one of them. And when you don't have that superstar and you don't have that solid defensive base usually to build around, that's when you have problems taking a, a jump from, in this case, all the way out of the postseason to all the way back in and then trying to get up to the top of the East. So, Nick, you, you don't think Patrick Williams has the ability to be an all-star caliber player? If he develops I think he could be. the way he's trending? No, I, no I, Stace, I think he could be. And, and that really, to me, we can go back and forth on, on Zach and DeMar and Lonzo. You know, okay, uh, maybe each one of them could get better and maybe they can play well together. If you're banking on the Bulls taking some huge step, and again, for argument's sake, putting themselves in the top four in the East, to me, you're banking on Pat Williams taking a, a huge leap in year two. And it's possible. I, I, I've seen him enough. I've talked to enough people inside. I know they really like him. But I, I would be surprised if that leap, you start to see it this year, uh, the way we've seen some young players in the past. I think he's going to need a few more years to get that seasoning that he needs if he were to take that step. Hey, Nick, last thing. You've already dumped buckets of cold water all over Bulls fans. But, oh. uh, put, put your reporter's hat on for me, and I know you said the Bulls don't have any more picks. How do you think this tampering thing is going to end up? I mean, you, when the Bulls announced, the Bulls didn't announce it, but it was reported at 501 that this complicated sign and trade transaction for Alonzo Ball was done. It sounds, it sounds like Adam Silver wants to send a message, stop doing this. Do you think they're going to lose a first-round draft pick in this? I don't know if it's a first-rounder, Mark, but I, I was listening to Bobby Marks the other day and what he said, and, and I, I've been talking to a few people around the league, and they do think, the the NBA is going to come down pretty hard. And I think what you're going to start to see a little less of is agents. In this case, Rich Paul had come out and said, hey, uh, you know, this deal's done. And I'm sure the Bulls run off. It's like, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Some people are saying Gar dropped a dime on him. You know, Gar works for the Pelicans <laughs> wow. now. That's the conspiracy no. theory that's out there. But uh, I do think the league's going to come down pretty hard because you're, you're looking at the evidence and you're looking at what happened. And you're going, all right, well, what's the Bulls' argument? <laughs> you know, the argument yeah. guys, is, hey, this thing, this thing was done a little while ago. <laughs> so uh, 
Uh, I think that I think that they they're in some serious trouble. And they're gonna I don't think they're gonna do anything. And, I don't and, think they're gonna and, do anything. Oh, I hope you're on, right. Stage. I you hope know, you're right. After, Listen, after the the Bucks last year, they're, yeah, they're they lost a second round pick. They didn't even get Bogdanovich. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Man. Hey, I know that we're ready to print playoff tickets here, and, and let's go to the other end of the spectrum because you got Harry and your wall. You know, a team that's in full. Yeah, Mister Cub, Nick Friedel. Yeah. I mean, what what would Harry Carey say about this team that's just completely flushed all their stars, <laughs> and they're probably going to lose. They could lose a hundred games this year. Yeah, amazingly. Well, John, you know what he would say? He'd say, this Bud's for you. <laughs> yeah, start drinking, Cubs fans. Start drinking, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. what he would say. Yeah. He would, wow. He would start, yeah. He'd bring well, everybody down to the restaurant, and he would start well, having they, uh, to buy drinks for everyone. Well, he did that the other day because we had a two-hour rain delay, and there were storms oh. all night, and they kept everybody there for <laughs> well, two hours. They were selling beer, so they're, they're drinking the Budweiser for sure. Well, Nick had a partial season ticket package back when the Cubs were bad, when they were trying to build back up, and he couldn't get rid of those tickets. And, of course, Nick then became a meme from uh, your shot of the agony of defeat in Cleveland in Game 7. But, fortunately, that ended the right way, right, Nick? <laughs> Mark, no matter what happens until now, until the end of time, they won. <laughs> they won, yeah. Can't take that away. I, I am glad I'm not paying for tickets now because that would be a real tough pill to swallow. But they won. It's over. And my hope is truly that, that that Cubs run was so much fun. And I hated to see it come to an end, but I understood why the moves were made. My hope truly for all my friends back in Chicago is that all these Bulls moves come together and it, and it, and it all works because there, we know this. There's no better place to be when that team is winning. And, and that uh, whole organization and the UC, everything is rocking. It is electric in there. The issue is it's been a long time since that's happened. And even more, uh, while there's hope right now, and the Bulls should be selling hope, we don't have evidence to back it up. So hopefully in the, the first part of the new year that – uh, they can bring it together, and everybody starts to take that leap. But I, I would be really, really uh, interested in in coming back to see Nick. how it all looks. Because, <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick, it'd be fun. Dun, 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 dun. We have breaking news. I just got a text from Mrs. Fredell, your mother, and she said you're no longer welcome in the Fredell house uh, with this attitude that you have came on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast and you have talked trash about the Bulls. She said you are no longer welcome. Don't come home for Thanksgiving. All right, so I'll text her back and say, take it easy on him, Mom. He still loves Stace, you. He's, he's Stace, your baby. I got to tell you this story before we roll out of here. The, the Lonzo deal comes down. She, already, she knew Vucevic well because she's lived in Orlando all these years since she was watching the Magic games. But as you know, she watches you, and it was Neil before, and now it's Adam, but she watches you guys every night. So I get this text as the Bulls are making all these moves. And says, the Bulls are back. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, Mom, come on now. The Bulls are back. Like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but she said, they are back. I'm telling you right now it's going to happen. So she'll be right there with you in Grand Park yes. uh, just going nuts uh, if and when the time comes. Yes. The, the Bulls are back. Sounds like our guy, Sean Hyken, who always likes to put that on Twitter. <laughs> the Bulls right, are back. Yeah, hey, Nick, as we let you go, I promise you, when we promote the show today, episode 42 of Give Me the Hot Sauce, we're going to say we had Nick Friedel on, and there were two headlines. The Bulls are a fringe playoff team, and the Cubs will drive you to drink. So that's how we're going to promote episode 42, all right? With the great Nick Friedel. Keep up the great work at Good ESPN. Job, we love seeing you on the jump with Rachel Nichols and all the stuff you do for the network, all the great stuff you do on the website. You are a friend for life, and we appreciate you joining us on the show. Guys, I missed you, and it's always great to hear from you. And truly, I, I hope that uh, we're partying at some point here in the next couple of years in Chicago. <laughs> that is the great Nick Friedel. Thanks, we're going to go rapid fire coming up next. A lot of stuff going on around football and the major leagues. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Give me the hot sauce. <laughs> Welcome back. Give me the hot sauce, episode 42. And I got to say, we love our friend Nick Friedel, but we tried, Stacy. We, we tried to show him the light, and he's, he's sticking with that fringe playoff team thing. 
Well, Miss Friedel called me. She texted me. And, uh, <laughs> I got her support, and uh, Nick may not be coming home for Thanksgiving. That's right. And I think yeah. she also ordered a bottle of Give Me the Hot Sauce, right? She, yeah, she's going to yeah. put it on his turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so he can get. So he can <laughs> That'd get, be pretty good, yeah. actually. He's going yeah. to get that little on bird. his turkey, little on his bird. And so he can get, you know, feel the heat of what we're doing, what yeah. we're doing here, and Give Me the Hot Sauce of what the Bulls are doing. And I, I'm just disappointed in Nick because he's like that uncle that comes in with the bad news. Yeah. You know, hey, guys. I think you're going to win that bet, though. You know, I am going to win that bet. And we're going to go somewhere expensive, me and you. I'm taking you, Whispers. Hey, I, I was hey, thinking. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, no, we were oh, on the same horse? page over here. What are you talking about? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what about us? What uh, about us? You went against. <laughs> I know what that song. About yeah. us? <laughs> when, when I win the bet, I'll take you to somewhere all nice, right. okay? Oh, you know, the whole time wow. Nick was talking. Hey, listen, you may not win the bet. You may not ever buy another shirt when I take you out to dinner when I win. So you better enjoy that shirt over there, Southside, because that might be the last one you get for a long time. Honey, I can't take you out tonight because I owe Stacy dinner. No HBO Max. Uh, no HBO Max. <laughs> no, no, no bubble gum when you go to the store. I want to know some hubba bubba. I'm sorry, can't I? You know what Nick should change his avatar to on Twitter? You know, remember the old Debbie Downer on Saturday Night Live? Wah, oh, no. wah, wah, how about how about wah. how about Glum? We'll never make it. We're doomed. <laughs> That's the guy you don't want by when you when you're in Vegas playing right. craps. You're over there playing craps, cooler. and here he comes the cooler. Yeah. All of a sudden, you've been winning the whole time. I've been winning the whole time. Here That's comes right. Nick Friedel. Nick Friedel right comes up. Craps, <laughs> losers, seven, seven out, seven out. We'll Nick's it. like, what happened? Like, oh, it's the Nick Fredell curse. Jesus. Hey, Stinger, let's pick up the mood. Let's uh, let's Do go it, rapid fire. We got some great stories. Oh, I've been shot. <laughs> This is going to be a banner year for rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, especially right here in Chicago. Yes. Finally, the Bears have a quarterback that's exciting the fan base, that's getting the national pundits excited. Justin Fields, it was just a preseason game, but 14-20, 142 yards. He ran for a touchdown, he threw for a score, and he, Stacy, he showed poise, he showed maturity. And when this kid takes over as a starter, Bears have something special. They better try him out there, get ready to try him out there week <laughs> one, uh, if they want to get off to a good start. Um, I mean, listen, the, the kid's ready to play. He came in early. He came into the rookie camp. He, he learned the playbook. He understands what they're trying to do. He has a great feel for the game. And then also the, the fact that, you know, when you watch him play, just the he reads defenses. You know, he reads them very well, eyes up the field very always. Very mature. I mean, now, listen, I'm not going to jump on Mitch Trubisky. Okay, a lot of people like to kick Mitch when he's down. I was a supporter of Mitch. He's a huge upgrade over Mitch. Bears fans. <laughs> huge, huge. Yeah, Stinger, you remember Stacey saying they should bring him back? Yeah, I think, you, yeah, he said they're going to bring him back. I'm not going to stand down. I'm staying 10 toes in the sand, baby. I did say that, America. I said oh. they should have brought him back. Wow. I said it should have. But after seeing <laughs> I might have had one of those moments, America. We got a good one. Hey, Mitch is going to be at Soldier Field on Saturday with the Buffalo Bills as they play the Bears in a preseason game. Oh, that'll, be, that'll be interesting watching Mitch on one side and Justin Fields running the other The office. Chicago Bears fans, cheer, cheer Mitchell, man. Cheer him, cheer him. I hope don't, they don't, do. Don't yeah. boo him. He's a good kid, man. He, listen, he, he was in a very tough situation. And see, I'm going to say this, Bears fans, that people tend to forget this kid was all pro quarterback at one point in his career. Okay, Who are we and, talking about? Mr. Trubisky, he an was all pro. pro. He was all what? pro. He was on, all, he was on the Pro Bowl. He was on the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, he was like the sixth injury yeah. replacement. Hey, hey Mark. <laughs> see, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you the right truth. Wow. But let me tell you something. See, Mark. See, Mark just like he just do this through a wet towel. He's like Nick on the fire. Felt like Nick Friedel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over here blazing about yeah. Mitch Trubisky, wow. and he takes the wet towel and throws it on top of. We have to get the facts out there. Listen, was he on? Did he did he play in a Pro Bowl? That's all I know. Yeah. Okay, that's all I need to know. Because <laughs> 10 years from now, Mark, he can tell his children and his grandkids, your your grandpa was a, was a Pro Bowl quarterback. They're not going to say, hey, Grandpa, uh, Mark Shanowski said that you were like the seventh choice seventh to alternate. be there. Yeah, yeah no, no. Hey, He's hey. a Pro Bowl quarterback. You know what that reminds me of? You guys ever listen to Cubs games on the radio with Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer? <laughs> every every game, and I love Pat Hughes, every game at the start he says, 
Joined by longtime major leaguer and all-star Ron Coomer. <laughs> Ron Coomer made one all-star team because wow. he was on the Minnesota Twins, and every team has to have a representative. That's you know what? Oh. Hater in the house. Oh. We need to have a segment. Wow. We need to create a segment wow. called Haters. Who's who's hater in the house? That's what we're gonna have. Hater in the house, a new hey. segment. Hey, you know what though? A hater. I, I, I want to send a shout out to Andre Drummond. He saved his kid's life in the pool. So I, I saw I, that. New respect you for know Andre what? Drummond. And you know what? That was that was pretty scary. Yeah, it was. And you know what yeah. really what really caught my eye is is the two women who were standing there. <laughs> Andre Drummond was probably yeah. cooking something in the kitchen. Yeah. And this baby's sitting on the edge, and they're not even paying attention to him. And then the baby falls in. Now you think? Now I know mothers will die. Dive into a bowl of Jello to save a child. Okay, maybe they were the babysitter. I don't care who it is. That's somebody. You gotta save the kid. You gotta yeah. save the kid. They were just sitting like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, and then here comes Andre Drummond coming in. That that really yeah. that was disturbing to me. That was disturbing to me that you didn't you didn't jump in that water to save that that baby. What if Andre Drummond wouldn't have been there? What if he yeah. would have been outside getting the mail and something or gone? Wouldn't what have would taken long. Yeah. Got to amazing. Got to act fast. So Good job, I, Andre. That's my vow on "Give Me the Hot Sauce" episode forty-two. I'll never say another bad thing about it. You better not, because he already told me he was coming. Until next season, <laughs> he'll starts. be here this year. Got to lock the door. Hey, you got the rifles ready? Come on, John. Ow, I'm getting shot. So I can imagine the Walsh household was fixated on Mac Jones making his NFL debut. It was a Friday night game, I believe. What did you think of the rookie? Well, that was a big TV night, and I don't want to segue to our next thing about the Field of Dreams. But the Field of Dreams was on. It's my PGF was playing on NBC Sports Chicago, so I was watching some PGF, the Beverly Bandits. Who was so, <laughs> the who? I, the who? The Beverly Bandits, man. They're they're a dynasty in softball. Oh, the uh, Beverly Bill Bandits. Bill Conroy's oh, at no. top of the – yeah, they're up oh, unbelievable. Wow. The 12U team that I covered out there was on that night. So we had that. And I, I tell you, all sides. Sounds like a lot of excuses. I, I really, <laughs> really liked Mac Jones. Yeah. I really liked he his. Good. He threw that out, accurate, on the money, third down pass. That's the making of a quarterback that can move the chains and keep your offense on the field. So, hey. yeah, he'll be. But but I just want to say I'm, I, I love Cam Newton. I watched him last year. The guy plays, you know, harder than any any NFL player it's I've seen. Season. It's going. It's going to work in New England. It's They're going to find a way for Cam to be part of that. It's preseason. <laughs> it's preseason, it's but we're never. Was he going to play tight end? No, it's he's not. He's not going to play tight end. But they're going to find a way to get Cam yeah. in the offense. It's preseason. So, Stacy, what other uh, NFL rookie quarterbacks are high end? You got Trey Lance. You got Zach Wilson. Trey Lance looked good, man. But it's preseason. Yeah. Um, but Zach listen. Good. Zach, yeah, Zach, uh, what's his name, Zach? Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah, and, then, right. and a lot of people were questioning that pick. Trevor Lawrence, I should mention, the number one pick in the oh, draft. The they natural. Were, they were pretty conservative. The natural. 80-yard pass. <laughs> very side. vanilla offense. Yeah, very vanilla. How about I mean, Dwayne Haskins come back? Where? Yeah, Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, Oh! Yeah. Looked fantastic. Did yeah. he? Yeah, yeah oh, he played okay. Yeah. But again, it's preseason playing it's against pre third teamers. Yeah. It's preseason. Yeah, but he okay. throwing so, on the run. Yeah, that's why, listen, as much as I'm excited about Justin Fields, you got to remember, it's preseason. Exactly. How about the rifle, Stinger? You got, got another on, one in you? Oh, I've been shot. So you, you teased the Field of Dream games. I, I got to yes. tell you, I've been doing this for a long time, so you get kind of jaded watching television productions. And, of course, John would could comment even better on this because you produced and directed so many big events. I thought Fox was fantastic in the way they portrayed oh, the mm -hmm. Field of Dreams. I thought awesome. Major League Baseball did a great job. The players walking in out of the cornfield. Kevin Costner let out. That let was him out gripping. There. I mean, it, it, was. it was it was so <laughs> unlike what Major League Baseball usually does. I mean, it was, no fun it was a great event, and it was it was it just captivated you from start to finish. I was in the Win Sportsbook, and that place went crazy. It was divided between the New York fans and Chicago fans. It I've never seen a crowd go crazy like that. It was awesome. I tell you what, it was. I was watching it because I just wanted to see that, you know, see that part of it because I wanted to know what they were going to do, you know, what they yeah. were going to do, you know. And then Kevin Costner came out, and then the and, ending, and, and yeah, and I was just oh, like, man. you know, Kevin Costner comes out, and I'm like, oh man, this is getting ready to be like lit. And then all of a sudden it was quiet, you know. It was they were playing a little music at the Field of Dreams, and then all of a sudden you start seeing the players come out yeah, of the cornfield, yeah. and. I was. I just got goosebumps. I was like, "Oh, this is the one game I wanna. I wanna. I wanted to go to. I should have went to." A shout out to my friend uh, who directed uh, Matt Gangle, who I worked with in Milwaukee. He directed this. He directs all the games, the All Star and the in the World Series. And uh, he. Uh, oh, I, I thought it was your phone. 
Is that your phone? That was Matt right there. For oh, thank you for the okay. shout out. <laughs> wow! I told you guys. We work fast on giving the hot sauce. Behind the scenes photos that were sent to me, and little did you guys know, the storm came through on Tuesday and wrecked their set Ooh. and destroyed their cameras. Wow! No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And, and, and flooded. Here's their cables all flooded. Yes. And so they had a scramble, and this crew is unbelievable. They and they travel for all the remotes, and there there's the set right there with Kevin Costner. That was and, cool, man. And, uh, yeah, they did a hit in game on it um, about how they had to prop up all the cornfield because all the corn stalks were t- toppled over, and and uh, I, I got really excited as as most people. Susan didn't necessarily jump out of their chair as much. I, I'm the only person in America that. I, I was like, what a load. It was so, <laughs> it was so fabricated. <laughs> the movie wasn't, I mean, there was, it was like a Paging Hollywood. Paging Nick Friedel. Oh. Is Nick in here? <laughs> is that Susan Friedel? <laughs> I felt like it was a baseball game played in a Hollywood set with like buildings. But that's what's so great about it. Why is that great? Like, why didn't they go to Bull Durham Stadium in North Carolina okay. and play like. It's not like field? they went to a Little League field yeah. with 200 foot oh. fences Come on. or something. It was a major league Come on. quality stadium. I, I'd like to get Mark Segura who does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mark in here, Mark. He works all the games. What, what was your take? So my take is, uh, with the exception of uh, Susie here, <laughs> it was the highest rated uh, baseball. In yeah. 16 years, oh. right? 16 years, yeah. It was spectacular. Wow. Very, very happy with everything. Everybody that was there, you know, I've worked with these guys, uh, you know, for over t- 25 years. And uh, they put their all into it, and I think it came out great. Um, the big thing is, uh, where would you guys like to see another sport played like what would be your oh, football man. college football would you like to see uh, an nfl game played in notre dame or something like that Ooh. well they've done some of that you know where they've had college teams play in nfl stadiums mm-hmm. but you know since we're you know stacy's a basketball guy what do you think about you know going to rucker park or, or venice yeah. beach or something like that Ooh. those been a couple yeah. locations that have been thrown out that would have been nice that, that would have been really cool to, to have an outdoor game. You know, have the yeah. uh, have That'd the Knicks fun. and the Nets play at Rucker Park. Yeah, you know? there you go. Yeah. No, the Knicks and the Bulls. Okay. And then the Bulls win. <laughs> then I'm looking for Fidel <laughs> to take me out to my restaurant, you know, because, you know, he's making that ESPN well, money, that big money now. He is. You know, yeah. so, you know, he's not no longer. He's he's making that little little scratch he was making when he was here. It's, you it know, is, is kind of gimmicky, but it looks Amazing. Man, do you do it once a year? On the aircraft carrier? Remember North Carolina? Yeah. I did a game. I I did a game for ESPN. Um, It was on the aircraft carrier. It was like Kentucky was on there. It was North Carolina. And when you go on these big aircraft carriers, the first thing you say, how are they going to do a basketball game on this? Yeah. And then when you get up there and you see how big these aircraft carriers, you could put like three courts up there and have a basketball (laughs) game. It it was amazing. And I was like, what if the ball goes out and goes over the water or whatever? They have all all these little nets to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. But it's awesome. King, um, I've been on the USS Midway. You realize they land planes on those. Who the, who the hell do you think you're talking to? I know you're a military <laughs> okay, guy. You know, you know, well, you're wow. an army yeah, uh, I know, Marine. I know that, There's, John. No, See, this is what I wish realize I, America, America. This is when I wish I had that dog shock collar <laughs> that I could put around his neck and shock the shit out of him. Land in planes. Yeah, I know you can land the hardwood down. I know you can land a plane there. Okay, I know my history, John. I know you do. I'm offended. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm leaving. They're like cities, America. I, this comment really hurt me. Oh my god! <laughs> Am I going to get you know, two This is this is why this is why. Listen, we ain't punch. talking about it's, chicken it's, either. You know, this is comments. This is why these comments like this America that John just made. This is why Michael Jackson left the Jackson Five. Oh, and okay. I'm, I may be doing the same thing. Oh, I may be moving oh, off on my own okay. solo. Are you going to moonwalk out of here? I'm going to slide on out of here, America. <laughs> I love you. This has really hurt me. You know, Tito Jackson over there. He's just. <laughs> This is why Michael Jackson left the Jacksons. He's not appreciated. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry, America. I didn't want to bring that up. This is a family. This is an inside family thing that we got going on. And, uh, you know, like Michael, he, I moonwalk on out here. Do my own Pepsi commercials. <laughs> do my own thing. I'm sorry, America. You may not see the team. I'm bringing Mark with me, though. Mark yeah, and that's Mark. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and my boy Whispers. I don't know about those washes. They stick together over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't say nothing to John Walsh without <laughs> Southside ready to come over here and come across the table to attack me. And Susan used to always be on my side. That's what so was so cute about it. She always protected me. But now she don't protect me. She attacks me. <laughs> 
I'm gonna hit the rifles for you, Mark. <laughs> hey, if you listen to episode 41, and you really should have because it was fantastic, our guy Whispers was not with us. You've been on the road to Nashville and Las Vegas. Got any stories from the road? Well, Nashville is uh, making Vegas look weak these days. There's like really? no, there's yeah. no rules there. Okay. I mean, you're walking down the sidewalk. All of a sudden, there's a big John Deere tractor hauling a giant trailer full of drunk people just drinking beer <laughs> at 8 a.m. Wow. And you're wondering, this can't be legal. It's not even a license plate. Were on you on thing. that tractor? I, 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 I did climb on. Yeah. It was on the way to the uh, <laughs> the convention center. So, yes. And what about Vegas? Do you take in any interesting shows? Uh, no, I didn't. But okay. um, it was weird. There was It was a much younger crowd, not as many you know, of the old ladies with the blue hair, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, uh, no bathroom encounters you want to tell us about or anything like that? No, I, I avoided those this time. <laughs> he had astronaut diapers on. Whoa. Yeah, sometimes you got to be at the craft stables for four or five hours, so those come in handy. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, Bingo. Nice. Nicely Boy. done, Southside. South they, they changed their slogan there now. It's uh, what, what happens in Vegas only happens in Vegas. <laughs> Instead of stays in Vegas. Yeah. Like... Come on. Herpes. I knew you got me, oh, Susan. There Susan, we go. Susan. I knew she'd be there for me. She's on fire. Boom. She, she yeah. caught that one. Yeah. 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 Whispers, whispers never disappoints. Never. Hey, before we get out of here, we want to send get well wishes to Stacy's two pups, Kobe Kai and Brixton. And tell us a story about what you've been through with, with your pups. And hope, hopefully they're doing better. America. <laughs> I just want you to say, I'm a dog lover. All you avid dog lovers out there, do me a favor. Protect your dogs at all costs. If your dog goes to a kennel and gets kennel cough, treat that dog. Keep him away from other dogs. And and don't bring him to a dog park with a hundred other dogs. We had a pandemic. It's like COVID, doggy COVID. We had a pandemic at my dog park. Like 25 dogs got sick with kennel cough based off of one person bringing their dog that was sick to the dog park. So my two little puppies who were vaccinated, they got kennel cough. So I've been cleaning up doggy throw up, nasal congestions all over. It's just America. I don't really want to tell you what I've been doing. If you're eating lunch or dinner now, yeah, we you know, if you're, eating, if you're eating lunch and dinner, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> this is the pain that I have, I've had to endure since Thursday. Okay. But the good news is they're on antibiotics. They're going to be okay. And, um, I don't think I have to clean up any more doggy vomit anytime <laughs> soon, but I appreciate all the mothers out there who have to change diapers. who have to clean up spit up. I, I'm never going to say anything about you guys ever again. I'm supporting you. I'm supporting every mother has to clean up spit up because I'm telling you, that's all I've been doing. Oh, Lord, help me. I'd just like to say that's our dog, Brady, the yellow lab. And and we had to put him down uh, this week and, Oh man! Oh, this has really brought the show down. Wow, this has brought the show down. So sorry to hear that. (laughs) I'm about ready to cry on the back over here. Oh my goodness! Where's the puppy, Mac Jones? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, John, we're we're sorry, man. R.I.P. Mr. Brady. Mr. Brady's gone, but he's not forgotten. Exactly. And he will be in your life forever, because aren't you guys keeping him? Like, are you stuffing him or something? What are you doing? No, no. What are you doing? um, We're going to spread his ashes along our daily walk. Oh, Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. So he'll always be there. See? Yep. Come on, Mark. What do you got to pick it up? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was going no, we need, This is what we need. This is what we need. Yeah, whispers. We need give us a, I was going to end the show on an optimistic note, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. I was going to uh, say, if they could give the ashes to the neighbor that Brady knocked off the bike. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy that ran him over? Oh, yeah. 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 Right, here, 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 this is what you did, yeah, buddy. Look what you did. Yeah, nice here thing. you go. Look what you did. He never fully recovered when you ran him over the damn bike. Now, now how do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> well, we are all dog lovers here at Gimme the Hot yes, Sauce. We are. And, and we certainly feel your pain. That's that's Thank stuff that you, you have tough. to deal that's with. Tough. That. And, yeah. and Stace, we hope your puppies get better real soon. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate yeah. that. And with that, wow. <laughs> it's a good thing it's happy hour because the keg is flowing and I think we all need a drink after this one. So wherever you are, enjoy your favorite beverage. And we hope you continue to be a regular listener of Gimme the Hot Sauce. And remember, you can always find the show on YouTube. Just search for Gimme the Hot Sauce and you can find uh, Stacy's Sauces. Yes, yes. St. Pat's. Are we St. Pat's Verde hot sauce, barbecue sauce? Go to gimmethehotsauce.com and get your bottle today. And remember, 
she'll like it too. <laughs> <laughs> Drive home safely, Chicago. Beep, we'll beep. see you next week. <laughs>